Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, October 25th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tiamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, earlier this week, one of the days I was off, I went and saw the, I guess they're calling this the Broadway National Tour. It at one point was the 25th anniversary National yeah. Tour. Now it's the Broadway National Tour. But this tour has been going on for like, I think literally like seven or eight years. A very long uh, time. <laughs> yeah, but this is, uh, for, of course, Les Miserables. I saw it at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts here in Orlando. And uh, as we were talking about good. before we started recording, it's... Um, it's one of those shows, like I've seen this tour like four times, I think, uh, obviously mm. with different people throughout the years. Um, but it just, it's re- if you have talented people, which they clearly do on this tour, uh, right. it's a show that it's very hard to get wrong. They might not be the otherworldly presences of like an Alfie Bow or, sure. or Samantha very, Barks or Norm Lewis or Ramin Karamloo, yeah. but they're really, really talented people and uh, was really, really impressed with the entire fo- uh, the entire company. So if you're in Central Florida, head out over the weekend to the Dr. Phillips Center. I'm sure you can get tickets, uh, but this show is going to be on tour for like, I don't know, the next 20 years until the 45th anniversary or whatever. Um, but highly recommend that. Another thing I recommend, and depending on when you are hearing this, because we are staggering our release times now with Patreon, we are giving away two tickets to see Slave Play on Broadway. All you have to do is go to our Twitter, our pinned tweet. You have to be following us. If you retweet it, we will randomly select a winner. Uh, the contest ends today on Friday the 25th. So depending on when you're listening to this, it might be too late. That'll teach you to not listen right away. Um, another benefit of having uh, of subscribing to the Patreon, you can hear this early and you can remember. But remember to head over there. Of course, also go over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio for all of that stuff as well. All right, Ashley, let's get into the news. As yesterday, it was announced that Emmy and Golden Globe winner Darren Chris will be coming back to Broadway this season, joining Emmy and Tony winner Lawrence Fishburne and Oscar and Golden Globe winner Sam Rockwell in the revival of David Mamet's American Buffalo. Chris has previous, previously been seen on Broadway as a replacement in How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying for like literally two and a half weeks uh, in 2012. It was a very weird thing. Uh, and then in Hedwig and the Angry Inch in 2015, which he then took on tour. Uh, Neil Pepe, a regular Mammoth interpreter, is also set to direct. And while this casting is interesting to me, Ashley, what's more interesting to me is the fact that this show will be playing Circle in the Square Theater. Yeah, with previews strange. beginning. Yeah, previews will begin on March 24th and an opening night on April 14th. Now, if you've seen shows at Circle in the Square throughout the years, you know many of them are in the round, but not mm-hmm. all of them. They don't have to be done in the round. They are able to modify the space a little bit to you know, make a more traditional, not a proscenium, obviously, but something sure. where they, they, the audience is just on the fourth wall. So it'll be interesting to see what Pepe comes up with this show. It's a small three-person show about three you know, hustlers and con men. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know what to expect with this. It's Mammoth, so I'm like, <sighs> okay. Uh, but... It's a very interesting cast. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Rockwell, and Darren Criss are three really, really good actors. No, they're amazing actors, and I can't wait to see, you know, Mama is always a, is kind of a flip of the coin, so I'm kind of relying on them to carry through, get my disdain through, I guess. The theater choice, though, is very interesting. Circle in the Square, as you said, you can either, you can design it however you want. So the good thing about that is that there is a lot of malleability 
So very interesting choice. Darren Chris, I have yet to see on Broadway for all the times that I saw Hedwig. <laughs> so this will also be a first for me. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Uh, okay. So of course the thing, that I'm always interested in when a theater announcement is made is what's left. So with that announcement, we are down to just four vacant houses for the spring, the Court Golden and Lyceum, all owned by the Schuberts, and the Neil Simon, owned by the Nederlanders. Now, we already know that MJ is slated to take over the Simon in July. So if something takes over that house in the spring, which is not a guarantee sure. uh, with the Neil Simon Theater. I mean, the Neil Simon is a huge house at 1,400 yeah. seats. You don't see a lot of limited runs in so. those big of theaters. Um, but if something does take that over in the spring, it will have to be for a limited run. Mm -hmm. Now, we know that Tracy Letts' The Minutes has announced its Broadway intentions more than once. <laughs> but I do think that it will stick this time. So I would count on seeing... It in one of those Schubert's houses. Tracy's having a big moment, it seems. Yes, so absolutely. I'd be very surprised if it doesn't actually make it this time. Yep. And I think that the Lyceum is going to welcome in the transfer of an off Broadway musical. Nope, not that one. Mm. No, nope, not that one uh, either. Uh, Another one. Yep. Uh, okay. We'll get there here in a month <laughs> or two. Um, All right. Uh, and then I've heard some rumors about the Golden being occupied by a show. That was expected to be a Tony contender two seasons ago, but didn't end up making the transfer because of the birth of a baby. So see if you can go back in the Wayback Machine. Oh and my God. A, uh, my, a, brain, uh, my brain is breaking just trying. <laughs> we talked all about this show and this baby's birth uh, on today on Broadway. So if you remember, you might be able to put those pieces together. So that would just leave the Simon and any houses that potentially come open, uh, as of yet. I, I, I don't surprise think... closings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, like we said during the grosses, there might be one or two, but I, I don't see a ton. So, uh, it'll be interesting, but it is starting to get packed. And then once all of that gets announced, we start looking to uh, next fall, which is fun, too, because there's a lot of malleability for the fall of 2020. All right. So let's move on to something completely different, Ashley. Now, we've heard about cruises that have Broadway folks perform on them all the time. Rosie mm -hmm. Haight used to have one. Playbill yep. has one. Seth Radetzky does one, sometimes yep. with Playbill, some with yep. by himself. But yesterday, a new one was announced that will go from New York to the Bahamas in October of 2020, and it puts all of these other ones to shame. Alan Cumming and Laura Benanti will be the headliners on the Norwegian Pearl, and they will be joined by Sierra Bagus, Norbert Leo Butts, Jen Colella, Norm Lewis, Taylor Louderman, and, quote, lots more to be announced. In addition, costume designer Paul Tazewell, choreographer Kelly Devine, and many other creative members of Broadway, uh, Broadway shows will be on board to perform interactive sessions as well. There is room for 2,000 guests, and state rooms start at about $1,000. Now, actually, I've never been on a cruise, but yeah. I am seriously considering doing this, so much so that I went on and uh, made a profile in their system oh, wow. to get the information when you can start booking booking rooms i will be on their list to send it to first so uh um, start start uh requesting a press comp to do uh, seriously uh, today really on should. broadway episodes live from be the broadway cruise 
I uh, think I might have to actually do that. Um, now, if <laughs> they have, can a, help. <laughs> yeah, if they have a casino on this boat, I oh, can pretty much guarantee right. that it's happening. Yeah, yeah. It, because playing cards and uh, hearing all Broadway in. people saying that's literally nice. Well, pun pun well intended there Thank with the you. all in. Um, <laughs> are you are you a a cruise person, Ashley? I am not a cruise person, but that is a damn good cast. That's that would make me consider it, but or I could just you know buy what three tickets on Broadway for depends on the show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very good. All right, so let's move on to something else here, Ashley. Uh, earlier this week. The Vineyard Theater opened the new show, Is This a Room?, that is conceived and directed by Tina Sater. As we've talked about before, this show uses the real-life transcripts of the interviews conducted in Reality Winner's House. She is one of the uh, the people who released information, apparently illegally, about the Russian interference in the 2016 election. Uh, Emily Davis plays Reality Winner. Also in the cast is Becca Blackwell, Pete Simpson... Uh, T.L. Thompson, and uh, of course, Tina Sater again is the conceiver and director. We have some reviews, and let's start off with Ben Brantley from the New York Times, who made the show a critic's pick. He said, quote, A lot of what's being said on the stage at the Vineyard Theater these days is maddeningly ordinary, the kind of friendly, vapid conversation you might exchange with a stranger in a grocery store line. Yet, every spoken word, no matter how banal, seems to stretch your nerves closer to snapping. By the end of the tautly sustained 70 minutes of Is This a Room, the extraordinary documentary theater work by Tina Sater that reopened this week after a brief you'll probably feel the need for a drink, or a yoga session, or a full-throated scream. Unlike more classic high-anxiety plays, say Oedipus Rex or Macbeth, this production isn't about to offer you the cleansing release of catharsis. This, the transcript is rendered not just word for word, it's also um for um, cough for cough. Simpson, in particular, is a virtuoso in capturing precisely the imprecision of everyday speech. Love that. The staging is let yeah, I love that's great, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, the staging is less literal. Every so often the three male characters will group themselves closely around reality. Usually she appears utterly alone in impression, occasionally underscored by an isolating spotlight. There is one brief, judiciously placed sequence enacted in slow motion. In a portrait of almost forensic detail, Davis delivers one of the most trenchantly observed performances of the year. You feel viscerally how reality is always struggling to convey and to hold on to an illusion of normalcy, as if nothing were really wrong with this picture. For all the crap I we give uh, Ben Brantley, this is a, a very thoughtful and well-delivered review that conveys just how important and unique this production is. So good for them. I'm going to read a couple more here. Uh, Real quick, next up, Helen Shaw from Vulture said, quote, I was happy to see that even without the element of surprise, is this a room punches hard? Sophocles couldn't devise a better tragedy. A woman preoccupied with good citizenship and right action walks backwards into danger. And we usually have to look to the Coen brothers for this kind of awkward comedy. Simpsons nerdball FBI dad is Fargo crossed with Ed Grimley. God, she's already great at, at Vulture. This is awesome. Uh, hell, 
you need to ask Kafka, which is a, a reference that actually Brantley made as well. Hell, you need to ask Kafka to come up with a character and a setting this brilliantly perverse, the up-talking girl wearing Pikachu sneakers, terrified that somehow she's going to frighten the trio of armed men. Yet, this is reality, right? This is reality. And then finally, Adam Feldman from Time Out New York gave the show four out of five stars, writing, quote, Davis gives a performance of heart-wrenching rawness and lucidity. As you watch her dissolve from the inside, what emerges with force is a sympathetic and specific portrait of a young woman trying to do the right thing in a very wrong time. Sater doesn't have to add very much. Reality is interesting enough, both Shaw hmm. and Feldman uh, using the reality pun there. Yeah. Um, so, Ashley, as we talked about, the MTA screwed up your opportunity to see this show earlier this <laughs> yes. week. You are going back, though, right? I am. I'm going on Sunday, hopefully, for a take two. So yeah, leave early. As... Leave early. Yeah. <laughs> as long as the L train doesn't screw me over again, I will be there, and gladly so, because these reviews make it sound absolutely amazing. I love the aspect of having, you know, even the coughs and the stutter crutch words going on both as a theater lover and a transcriptionist it speaks right up to my alley <laughs> yeah it feels uh very annie baker-ish when yeah, you include some of those things she's absolutely. more about the pauses but yes um but i do love that as pause. well so absolutely um this is currently set to run through november 10th um if they want to extend this and uh do it at a time that i don't have a show already scheduled i would love to go over to the vineyard uh, to see this so if anybody's listening help a brother out all right, so let's do some real quick recommendations here, Ashley. The first one comes from your backstage colleague and friend, Casey Mink, who interviewed the New York Theater Workshop artistic director, Jim Nicola. Um, there's some, it's a really great interview, but the thing that really jumped out to me and something that Casey pointed out on Twitter is, is Jim's really insightful and a little bit scary um, comments about the future of not-for-profit theater. So read that. Then we have a, a really cool opportunity for early in their career arts critics. The New York Times Fellowship has an artistic or an arts critic uh, position open this year. Applicants should have two to four years of experience publishing frequently about theater, dance, classical music, or art. Quote, the fellows must be comfortable with a variety of forms from the traditional review to more expansive essays to pieces that bring their powers of analysis to bear on breaking news or moments of widespread discussion. Applications will be accepted until 6 p.m. New York time on November 20th. We, of course, will have a link with all of this information and more. And then finally, on Thursday... The uh, the TV show The View, not only did uh, Whoopi Goldberg announce that not only is she going to be going into the London production of Sister Act, mm -hmm. but she's playing Dolores. Yep. Uh, yep. Did not see that one coming. Uh, figured she'd do a Mother Superior thing, which she's done before. Right. Uh, they're going yeah, to... Patina Miller, vocalist, she is not. So uh, we'll see about that. But also on Thursday, they had one of these... Disney on Broadway performances, which ABC shows are want to do with their corporate synergy. And sure. uh, there were some great people in it. Um, uh, uh, Susan Egan, um, wow. uh, Ashley Young, mm -hmm. um, Merle Dandridge, Patty uh, Murin and Casey Levy. But the reason I want to bring this up, and we talk about these occasionally, and I don't usually need to spend a lot of time on them. But the reason I want to bring this up, they were reuniting the original leading ladies from a lot of their Broadway shows. 
And the one who absolutely stole the show, which should be absolutely no surprise to anybody who pays attention to this person's work, was Heather Headley. Ooh. She sang Can You Feel the Love Tonight? And she, and she, of course, everyone else sang their songs pretty much as written. Heather Headley, she does not mess around with that. She does whatever the hell she wants. And she was (laughs) incredible. And I know she was just on Broadway as a replacement in The Color Purple a couple years ago. Right, right. But get this damn woman to Broadway. I know she just just, uh, had a child and she's she's had a a music career beyond Broadway. But both as the original Nala and the original Aida, she is phenomenal. And her little section of of this medley is fantastic. So check that out. Excellent. I actually do have one more recommendation. Do it. I promise, Go for it. I promised Mr. James Marino I would mention because we talked about it la- yesterday, but we were having some audio issues and had to lose a good chunk of his side. So definitely wanted to mention the most recent episode of Kara Swisher's podcast, Recode Decode, which you know centers on interviews with people and tech, celebrities, politicians. The most recent episode, she interviewed Miss Heidi Shrek talking about what the Constitution means to me and what the Heidi List tour is going to look like. So definitely check that one out as well. Yeah, send me over the link to that and I will put that in the show notes. Let's close out today's show with a few bits of news. First up, last night, the Daily Mail's Baz Bomboy reported that two-time, two-time Academy Award nominee Jessica Chastain will make her West End debut in a Doll's House next summer at the Playhouse Theater. Directed by Jamie Lloyd, Chastain will play Nora beginning on June 10th. Next up, the Tony Awards Administration Committee made its first set of rulings on the season, and absolutely nothing was was surprising or newsworthy. <laughs> and finally, the full ensemble was announced for the Broadway-bound production of Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, the musical version, which will have its world premiere in Seattle beginning in November. In addition to the principals announced earlier this month, including uh, Rob McClord, Jen Gambatisse, uh, Brad Oscar, Peter Bartlett, and more. The ensemble will feature my favorite ensemblist of all, Cameron Adams, KJ Hippensteel, Doreen Montalvo, Travis Waldschmidt, and more. If you would like more information on this or any of the stories in today's show, head over and get the links either in the show notes or on broadwayradio.com. All right, that is all we have today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at no, this is Ashley. Don't forget, if you want to win two tickets to see Slave Play on Broadway, head over do. to our Twitter, and you do. Trust me, if you haven't seen it, you want to see it. Um, and uh, follow and retweet. And then, of course, you can also head over to patreon.com slash Radio in order to make sure that you get all of the Broadway Radio episodes as soon as they are released. Have a great Friday, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with This Week on Broadway on Sunday. And then Ashley and I, I think, will be back to talk mm-hmm. to you on Monday. Thank you.